Yes, Father God, there is a war, and it has been won, and we give you praise and glory. We thank you, Lord, as we wait patiently for the f- final fulfillment of these promises, Lord God, even as you completed the many promises you've already given us regarding Jesus coming the first time. And so we thank you, Lord, for this season. We thank you for the the blessing of your goodness, your faithfulness, your being with us. Now we bind the powers of darkness that would come against us against this time, against the um, uh, the, the place that we're in right now in this earth, Father, that you'd protect your people, that no weapon formed against us will prosper, that no word said, d- deed done, action taken, whether in secret or in public, would have any effect against your will and purposes and divine love and protection for our lives, Father. Guide us now as we go forward in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, we're talking about the birth of Jesus, mm-hmm. you know, and you've been hearing so much about the birth of Jesus as uh, in this Christmas season and so forth. But we're looking at today at the the part about Jesus, the, the, the something that we don't think of so much, all right? Mm-hmm. And so we're going to start here with Matthew chapter 118 and go through verse 23. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Again, in those days, that if someone was betrothed or engaged, they were considered to be married. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. So they had to get a divorce if they were going to break up the engagement. But while he, because th- he thought, man, you know, she's gone, she's gotten pregnant, and uh, while she was away, it's what's going on here. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take you to you. Marry your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus which means God is salvation or Savior, Mm -hmm. for he will save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, uh, this is from Isaiah 7, 14. Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. So this is what we're talking about today. Amen. Emmanuel. God with us. What does that mean? That is amazing. Just even to, I mean, I don't know if we can really comprehend or apprehend the whole meaning of God with us because that's just, you know, almost beyond our abilities to, to think about and imagine what that would be. But we do have various scriptures that talk about God with us. I'm thinking of Psalm 118. There's a, it says, the Lord is my strength and my song, verse 14. He has become my salvation. The voice of rejoicing and salvation is in the tents of the righteous. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly. 
he is exalted. And then in, in Psalm 116, he says, um, gracious is the Lord and merciful and righteous. Yes, the Lord is merciful, who preserves the simple. And he, he says, and I was brought very low and he saved me. Return to your into your rest, O my soul, for the Lord has dealt bountifully with you. So God dwelling with us brings salvation and it brings rest. Well, it's all, <clears throat> excuse yes. me, it's hard to imagine imagine this because in Isaiah fifty seven, uh, fifteen it says, For thus says the high and lofty one mm-hmm. who inhabits eternity, whose name is holy. So God is so far above us. Think of a That's God. what we often he think is about, beyond don't we? Us. Mm-hmm. He is above us. He inhabits eternity. So that's why he, people he, have a. He's like he's he's holy. He's mm-hmm. holy. He is set apart. He is so great. <clears throat> Excuse me. So great. So vast. So in a sense, unapproachable. Yeah, that's right. That he's just like way out there. And yeah. For a lot of people, God is just so distant, and yep. and he is. He is distant. He's above and beyond us. He's high and holy. Mm-hmm. Yet he says, "But he's with us." And you know, I think a lot of times people stop at that, and they think of him as being, you know, so far above, so so distant, like you said, that they don't even consider any other possibilities that he could be with us, dwell within us, uh, be our salvation, uh, live within us, dwell within us. That we we because we just kind of. Um, imagine him to be high up there in heaven, away from us and and beyond us. And so, how many, <clears throat> excuse me. How many times have you heard people say, "Well, I don't want to bother God with mm-hmm. my prayer." I mean, He's, who am I? I am so small. I am so insignificant mm-hmm. that God doesn't even, you know, I don't even matter to God. Yeah. But then, in in that same uh, verse in Isaiah fifty seven fifteen where he says he's high and he's lofty and he inhabits, he inhabits eternity and he's holy. Mm-hmm. And he mm-hmm. says, I dwell in the high and holy place. This is where I am, okay? Mm-hmm. I, am, I am far above, I am far beyond you. But he says also, a latter part of that verse, with him I dwell who with has him. a mm-hmm. contrite and humble spirit, to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. So he's... He's far beyond us, but yet he is attracted to, mm-hmm. and he will live with, and he comes to and lives with and those in. who are humble mm-hmm. and contrite, those are who are broken in spirit. The psalmist said he's near to those who are brokenhearted, broken in spirit. I believe that's uh, you know the uh, the d- the dwelling in us that was made more manifest and clear when Jesus came and he talk to us in John 14 and I'm coming to to dwell with you my father and I doing his will obeying him God is coming to bring us into that place of deeper holy intimate fellowship where God actually is with us and and, and then he sent his holy spirit to live in us I'm you know so there's just tons of wonderful revelations here well let's talk about this about he's God is above us and also God in some ways, it's hard to say this, but God is against us. Mm-hmm. Why is God against us? Because we've sinned. We've come against the Lord. We we have uh, come against him. Basically, he, in a sense, in, in Psalm uh, 34, verse 16, that the Lord, it says, is against the wicked. He's against the wicked. 
And really, all of us, we have to remember that all of us, though we were created in the likeness and image of God, we have become wicked and unholy and unclean because of our sin. And it's interesting. He says um, in Isaiah chapter 1, verse 2, he says, Hear, O heavens, and give ear, O earth. For the Lord has spoken. I have nourished up and brought up, nourished and brought up children, and they have rebelled against me. Mm-hmm. Now it's interesting too in Isaiah chapter three, and verses eight and nine. It says, "For Jerusalem stumbled, and Judah is fallen." He's talking about his people. He's not just talking about a location. He's talking about his people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because their tongue and their doings are against the Lord. Okay. To provoke the eyes of his glory, the look on their countenance witnesses against him, just the way they, their faces are, you know, be, uh, how can I say, betray what's going on in their hearts. Their, their, the look on their faces expresses the, the, the evil that's the in their hearts and uh-huh. the evil of their rebellion. He says, they declare their sin as Sodom. Mm-hmm. They do not hide it. Woe to their soul mm-hmm. because for they have be- bought brought evil upon themselves. So this becomes a confusion too. If God is with us, he's with the contrite, the broken in heart and spirit, and then he's against us. But we have to understand that there are conditions and reasons for both. Uh, when God is against us, he's not against us. He's against the wickedness uh, that we have given place right. to or agreed with that's allowed us to be separated from him and alienated from him through the sin, through the lie. And so what happens is when we disobey God, it's like obeying the devil. And when you obey the devil, you vote with the devil. You give the devil power then to pull you away from God, to give you solutions that are going to set you up and get you in trouble. And so the thing is, we have to understand with in our relationship with God, as within any relationship, it's a two-way street. Mm-hmm. And we have to be in love with or in cooperation with or in agreement with the one we're in love with, or it'll look, or when we turn away, it's rebellion, and it becomes uh, bitter and 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 difficult. We have to keep in mind that God is holy, and, uh, and pu- he, yeah, he, we don't understand much about holiness. Something that's totally holy, totally separate, totally pure, totally right, mm-hmm. totally righteous, unmixed. We unmixed. don't we don't understand because we live in such a world of mixture and fifty shades of gray and whatever mm-hmm. else is going on. He says in Romans 1, verse 18, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven Mm -hmm. against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth or hold down the truth in unrighteousness. Yeah, and Peter says, uh, 1 Peter 1, verse 13, therefore, gird up the loins of your mind. In other words, gather up the way you're thinking about things and be sober and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, Emmanuel, with us, brought us grace. He brought us a new way to abide, a new way to be in relationship with God. Um, as obedient children, not conforming yourselves to the former lusts um, as in your ignorance, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. So like what you're saying is holiness is the standard of is this in, because it is written, be holy for I am holy. So uh, we have, that is the standard. The standard is holiness. Holiness means pure. It means completely, like pure gold is pure gold. It doesn't have any other mixtures of the iron or tin or mm-hmm. dross in it. 
And when we're holy, like as unto the Lord, we're, we're reflecting completely who we are in him and his be- beauty, his purity, his holiness, his righteousness, his good intention. God is good and God is holy all the time. He has a difficulty in, uh, well, like we all do with our relationships, when other people are doing things that are contrary to righteousness and truth and justice, then God has to deal with it, but he has to deal with it within the context of his holiness, his mercy, and his justice. So he isn't out to be vindictive or slam certain people to the ground. He is here to uphold that standard of identity, truth, righteousness, and being a man, a God of integrity and, and being faithful to who he is. And that's what he's calling us to do, to be faithful to who we are as created in him. In, so, John, in John chapter 3, verse 36, it says, He who believes in the Son has everlasting life, and he who does not believe the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. The wrath right. of God, the sustained, wrath is like sustained anger. Like against he against sin against Mm -hmm. unrighteousness. Well, the reason God is so against sin is because He knows because it destroys us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because it destroys us, and He is grieved at heart because He sees how we go against Him. What we do, what happens with us? We believe the lies of the enemy. Right, His solutions are better than God's, and Mm -hmm. we think, you know, what I don't need God. I don't want God. I don't want to go His way. Because we've listened to the liar. Well, you know. And we've, we, and we've followed the lies of the enemy and brought destruction upon our own selves. You know, I really don't, you know, I keep telling the story of the little fish who gets hungry, wakes up some morning, one morning, he's hungry, he's looking for lunch, and he goes out looking for lunch. And he comes into contact with the fisherman, the deceiver, who has set the bait early in the morning uh, and a- appealing to, enticing the fish to take a bite. And I don't think the fish got up in the morning and said, you know, I just want to, I just want to sin today. I just want to kill myself today. I just want to lose my life today. I just want to do something really stupid today. I don't believe people really think that deeply. And that's part of the problem because they don't think through the consequences of their choices, right. but they, they're in, a, in an immediate crisis or situation or, you know, impulsivity, whatever it is to do something, get something, have something immediately, be something, whatever it is so that they can satisfy a, a take a, take away pain or satisfy a desire mm, and mm-hmm, so what they do mm-hmm. is they don't think and they go along with the, the impulse that the enemy suggests to their own mind the temptation comes to our own minds our own hearts to take the devil's solution to whatever it is to bite to grab to, to, to bite into that lie and or lust and so i don't think people really say you know i'm really going to sin against god today i really want to alienate myself from God. I really want to destroy my life. I don't think they think that deeply. I, what's happening is it's very seductive, very uh, deceptive, very subtle. And people without the constant you know, um, uh, guidance of the Holy Word of God and the, and the Holy Spirit, we all are going to go astray because Satan is totally against God dwelling in us and among us. Yeah, exactly. And, and and for the most part, we just look for what will give us some immediate relief. Right, we know. Yeah, and so uh, immediate some immediate pleasure. We don't think through. Mm-hmm. You know, well, someone, Satan doesn't want us to think through it, does he? You, you don't. You don't want to think through. And, and God has warned us about these things, mm-hmm. but it's like ah, you know, no big deal. Well, no big it, deal. And I they mean, say, and I'm they, an exception, right? It right. won't happen to me. Because mm-hmm. I'm going to do what I want to do. Right. Nobody's going to tell me what to do. Because I have a free will. I have a free will. Right. But, and here's the deal. 
So God sees this condition mm-hmm. or, or that we're this in. Battle. This, this, this re- battle. This rebellion. It's a battle, really. This, this rebellion that we're in, that we've basically gone gone full Pulled bore, away. Pulled full away. Full against God. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory mm-hmm. of God. Mm-hmm. So what the Lord looks for a solution to this. How can I do this? Yes. So what he does. How can he do this and still honor our free will. Yeah. He, he, God cannot force you to be good. He couldn't create a law that made you uh, keep that law. He, You still had an, uh, a free will to disobey that law. That was the Old Testament. And now we have a new law, the law that's written in our heart, the law of uh, love and love one another, love your neighbor as yourself. But God has always got to work within the parameters of our free will. And in and in, his holiness, and in the context of the devil's evilness, mm-hmm. he has to work within that that framework to bring us, draw us, get us to believe the truth that he is with us, he loves us, he's for us. In the midst of of everybody saying, "Oh, God's doing judging, God's mean, God's mad at you, you did this, now you're in trouble," blah blah blah. All that is a partial explanation, but the true explanation is that there's a battle going on between God and Satan for the souls of men. Yeah, and so we're he's the Lord sees how on our own we're just losing that battle, even though you have laws, you have religion, mm-hmm. you have philosophy. That cannot make us holy. You have money, wealth, pleasure, power. None of that does the job. So what what he the solution that he has provided. John one fourteen, and the Word became flesh and dwelt what among, among us. us. Mm-hmm. So God is above us. He's um, against he's, us. He's, he's against for us. us. <laughs> but then he 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 is among, among us. us. So he, he came he to came dwell among us. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. We beheld his glory, the glories of only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So then here, and, and, he, and you go back to John chapter 1, verse 12, but as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become the children of God, even to those who believe on his name. So God himself came into this world as a perfect, sinless human being. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Experienced, he was tempted uh, in all points like as we are, yet without sin. So he knows what it's like. I mean, he knew what it's like anyway, but he now he really we knows. know mm-hmm. that he knows because right. he experienced hatred, rejection. Betrayal. He was a refugee. He was betrayed. Mm-hmm. He was lied about over and over again. People tried to kill him. I mean, he, he was oppressed. He was oppressed by the devil, by the devil, and the working, devil working through, through us. working through mm-hmm. human beings. Yeah, that's exactly right. But yet, you know, this is this. But is, he was among us to show us the way. To show us the way. To reveal heavens um, for those that have eyes to see and ears to hear. He's there to reveal, show us reveal the, way. the kingdom of heaven to us. And and the big deal too about Jesus is not only he came to be he healed, our, our he delivered, he encouraged. Yeah. He yeah. blessed. Yeah, but he stood for the truth. What did he? What did he do shed his here? blood? Exactly. That's the big deal. It says it shows that God is for us. It says in Romans chapter five verse six, for when we were still without strength, mm-hmm. in due time, just at the right time, at the proper time, God died the, for us. Well, right, God through Christ died for us. Died for the what ungodly. Mm-hmm. That would be us. We're going against God, but yet 
he is for us, even though we're against him. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet perhaps for a good man someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, mm-hmm. Christ died for us. He didn't say, well, you know, once they get um, no, yeah. they get it straight, then maybe I can do something for them. No, or he did he... something for us because we were in such a desperate situation. Yeah. He didn't wait for us to become good somehow because we can't uh yeah he didn't he didn't um get down and say you know forget it i I thought this was worth something but you know right now i see this mess they don't they reject me they don't want me um so i'm just gonna um go back i'm just not gonna finish the course here he was he was set to finish the course because he had to because he knew that that look at there are many people today who love jesus who are brought and been uh, bought and paid for and brought into his kingdom because of his obedience, and he is the example for us. So he is among us still. Uh, he's for us. He's for us to be uh, delivered from darkness, and he's with us to, to provide help, uh, protection, deliverance, all of the things that he's promised, and those are still available to all of us today. Yeah, deliverance, yeah. healing, life, joy, peace, uh, satisfaction, fulfillment, um, the the work of the Holy Spirit done in in and through our lives to cre- create and complete in us who we were meant to be. Yeah, God is definitely for us. You're listening here today. God is for you. God is for us. He's not against you but right you, now. But he proved that by sending his son to bleed and die naked on a cross so we could have life. But you see, some people say, well, that... Maybe happened, maybe that didn't happen. I just don't feel it. I don't feel like God is really cares about me. And and you know what is happening right now when you think those things? You're being tempted. Those thoughts are being put in your mind, projected into your mind by the unbelief, the, the wicked contempt Satan has for God. He's putting those thoughts in your mind because Satan can put thoughts in our mind. We call them temptations. And if you're being tempted to be discouraged about God, his goodness, his love, his love for you, the hope for your life. Those things are from hell, heaven and hell. Discouragement, bitterness, contempt, uh, giving up, getting upset, um, taking it personal, getting offended. These things are not from God. They are from the deceiver who wants you to believe they're your thoughts, and so you will embrace them without even considering what the Word of God says. Yeah, and then in John uh, 14, Jesus was talking about sending the spirit of truth. Mm-hmm, the the disciples spirit. were were sad because Jesus said, I'm going to go away. What? We've given our life, you know, we've given up our whole life to follow you. And then you say you're going away. And he says, well, it's really better if I go because then I will send my spirit. Mm-hmm. So I will be with you in the presence of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit, he says, even the spirit of truth in John 14, 17 whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells what? With you. The Spirit of God now dwells, dwells with, with you and, and will, will be, be in, in, in us. you. Both in and with. It's interesting. Uh, inside of us. And he goes on to say um, in uh, John 17, and when the, the helper comes, he calls the Holy Spirit the helper, uh, whom I will send from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me, he will lead you into all truth, he will bear witness to, the, he says, however, when the, he, the Spirit of truth has come, verse 13, he will guide you into all truth, 
for he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you of things to come. He will glorify me and he will take of what is mine and declare to you. So this is the, the way the process through which Christ Jesus dwells within us is through the spirit who has come to bring all things to our remembrance. And he's also come to share, um, a teach, guide, bring us into the truth, uh, tell you things to come. So he's both bringing the prophetic word and the, the encouragement of, of knowing what's happening. And you know, it's kind of interesting. So the two jobs of the Holy Spirit who dwells in us uh, and through his dwelling in us, we, we are connected with Jesus Christ because they're, they're in one another. They're connected. The Holy Spirit can actually help you. Um, he says, bring, re- bring all things to your remembrance. So a lot of times we forget what God said and the Holy Spirit will bring a verse or a, mem- a memory uh, verse or a thought uh, to your mind. And it's the Holy Spirit drawing you, pulling you back into alignment with him and with his truth. Um, and he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak of his own. He will speak of mine. He sent to lead us into all truth and triumph. Yeah, you have God dwelling in you in the presence of the Holy Spirit. How I mean, how much closer can you get to God when he's dwelling in you? Those who believe in him, those who have received of his spirit, the spirit of God dwells in you. It's Christ in you is the hope of glory. Jesus said, he says, I will, you know, as you believe in me, I will come and my my father and I will come and make our home with you. Mm-hmm. So the Father God, this awesome above us Father God has come in the presence, you know, in the in the presence of Jesus and now in the presence of the Holy Spirit. So basically, Father, Son and Holy Spirit dwell with us, mm-hmm. live with us, make our home in us. And so not only, you know. So we become the tabernacle dwelling place of the Most High God, even in these earth, earthen vessels. Yeah. So and, God is in you right now. And when you stop and think about it, he said, I will never leave you or forsake you. I'm in you, God, the Father in me and I in you. Um, then you have to realize, okay, well, what's going on in me that wouldn't be of God? You know, would sickness be of God? Would pain be of God? Would illness be of God? Um, no. So if God is in you and those things that are in you that are abiding also in you, like pain, sickness, weakness, bitterness, whatever it be. Those things that are dwelling also in your temple, they're dwelling side by side with the, the loving, gracious revelation of the Holy Spirit and the love of God. So None of yeah, those things belong there. So get them out. Yeah. Let them be gone. Let them go. Let mm-hmm. the pain go. Let the bitterness go. And a lot of times people are in pain because they're feeling guilty and they're bitter and they won't forgive someone. So Father, we just... You know, we know that there's more to come, but we just want you to to help us to, to to discern this battle and to discern your presence in the midst of us, so that we can walk in your spirit and your power. Yeah, and he said, Jesus said, Matthew twenty eight, eighteen through twenty, and Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, "All authority has been given to me in mm-hmm. heaven and and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit." teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am what? With you With always. With you always, even to the end of the age. So, Lord, help us to keep that in mind, that you're living within us. Lord, let us be holy temples. Amen. Our bodies mm-hmm. would be holy dwelling places for you, and that sickness, disease, you know, 
toxins, all kinds of things that we would Sin. put in our body, mm-hmm. Lord God, that don't belong there. Help yes. us to respect. We don't worship our bodies. We worship you. Mm-hmm. But Lord, may we be a truly holy dwelling Temple. place for mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and we prayed in the scriptures, New Testament, we, read, we see the prayer that our, that our whole body, soul, and spirit would be sanctified unto you mm-hmm. until the day of Jesus Christ. Yes, Father God, so, we thank you for this gracious kindness yes, extended Lord. to us yes. through your spirit, through Jesus Christ, through your gift, through your incarnation, through your Emmanuel, God with us. Lord, take away the fog, the unbelief, the this, the unbelief and the doubt that's this lacing, just it hangs on all of us like a fog over the nation, over the land, over the world. Remove it so that we can see clearly what your plan is, who you are, what's going on, and we can rejoice and know that we know that we know that we're not alone, not orphans, not forsaken, and that we will cast off the hidden works of darkness that pretend to be us, that stalk around in our life and try to steal from us. Father God, wake up your people. Wake us up to the revelation that you are in us, with us, that you love us, and that you are creating and completing your purposes in us, Father God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We invite you to join us also at liferecovery.com um, to check out more Rescue Radio shows. We've got lots and lots of them there. And also to um, go to the bookstore, the, the website. There's many uh, helpful uh, tools. Uh, yeah, tools and teachings. Tools, weapons. Tools and teachings, <laughs> yep. And encourage you to pick up something that would be good for you, uh, that would be helpful. Maybe you're at the place where you're wondering about relationships we got doing relationships god's way or you wonder how to how to how to uh get your life back in terms of your generational bloodline that would be diagnosing your family tree and a lot of the books have you know prayers at the end of them you can pray to get some some real results for your life so god bless you and we're looking forward to you and being with us in this brand new year of 2024 i have an emergency what is your location Because there's a war for your soul.